Hi, I'm John Stevens. This is Matt Russell. And this is Pod Have Mercy. This is Pod Have Mercy. Well, Justin, you're originally, are you originally from Texas? No. Are you? Uh, I, I am originally from Mississippi. Grew okay. up in Mississippi uh, and then lived in Louisiana for about five years. And we moved to Redding, California in 2015. Um, might be wrong on that. Somewhere around in there. Um, gotcha. And then uh, we've been in California ever since. We're in Sacramento now. Just to start off, can you talk a little bit about what you do with Jesus Culture and Bethel and kind of how you got to the position where you're at now? Sure. So um, I am the creative director for Jesus Culture um, for the church side of Jesus Culture as of January. Um, So love doing that. And uh, now I run a team, which is awesome. That's dope. How did you get to that position? Um, can you talk a little bit about that journey? I, I listened to the uh, Wait podcast. We're big fans of the Wait here at Pod Have Mercy. Oh yeah, yeah. And I so I listened to that podcast through and heard a little bit of your backstory. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love for you to talk a bit about that. Sure. Yeah. Um, how far back do you want me to go? Like Louisiana? Uh, so I, we've been like Insta buddies for a long time, and long time. Uh, like the OG Instagram days. Before, like you were a photographer that I just followed randomly. And can you talk a little bit about how you got into the creative world and then how that kind of led to the place that you're at now? Cause I know it's been a long time. Yeah. It's pretty wild. I mean, Instagram in the beginning was this, this tool for connection, right? Um, I think today it's, it's more about building audiences for a brand, but in the beginning it was, it was this beautiful magical space where you could connect with other people um, who, who may or may not have any experience with taking photos. And um, we were all just on this journey of, uh, getting better in our craft and, um, hanging out, you know, making friendships. I'm still friends with a lot of the people that, uh, I met through Instagram, you know, close to 10 years ago, which is wild. So it's forged some, some lifelong friendships. Um, but also it has helped me, uh, become a better photographer. So, I knew nothing about photography, uh, picked up Instagram uh, on my phone because I was really curious about documenting life, you know, on the regular. And I wanted um, something to look back on and remember. And uh, so I just started doing it and I was horrible at it, um, using the wrong filters, like just just so bad. Um, and then I just started hanging out with people who were doing it way better. And eventually uh, they, they helped me raise my level, right? Um, so I slowly and surely got better. And then I married my wife who went to college for photography. So she has a degree in photography and that really helped me out. (laughs) (laughs) Having being married to a professional photographer. (laughs) Probably learned a few things after that. (laughs) Just a few, just a few. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah. If you want to talk a little bit more about, um, cause I know you started working with Bethel for a little while. (laughs) And then from that kind of transition to Jesus culture, are you still involved with both of those organizations? Yeah. So I, I was, I was working for a church in uh, Louisiana, just doing graphic design, uh, kind of their creative director It was a smaller church. So you just wore like a million hats. Um, and when I was getting married, we just felt, we felt God telling us like to move and we didn't really know where we felt it was West um, out West. And so, I started applying uh, 
to many jobs. And I also led worship at the time. And uh, I just looked, looking up lyrics and chord charts to songs one day on Bethel's website, saw that they were hiring. And I, I remember messaging my fiance at the time. And I was like, check this out. Like they're looking for a graphic designer. This is crazy. I'm not going to apply because I'm sure a million people are doing it. Um, and I, you know, didn't really have like a, like a confidence in myself, but she was like, you've got to do it. You've got to do this. And so I was like, okay. Um, so I sent in my, you know, portfolio resume and within like two weeks I interviewed and accepted a job, uh, with, with Bethel media. Um, so my wife and I got married and then we moved to California, like literally the next day. That's crazy. Yep. So I started working for uh, Bethel Media, and probably a few months after that, uh, I became good friends with Stephen Hart, who was creative director at the time for Bethel Music, and uh, eventually just moved over um, to the Bethel Music world and was a photographer and graphic designer with them for about three years. Right on. That's dope, man. I know uh, yeah. Elizabeth has some more uh, specific questions that she wants to ask, maybe around social media. So, it, Elizabeth, if you want to throw some of that in, that'd be great. We could have just like gone to eat lunch today. <laughs> John and I are eye candy. So eye candy. We're so candy. All right. So, so first off, we're both old. We're so out of our element. No, you're not. I'm like social media. That's that thing that's I go and fad. put my pictures what is on. Right? Media? That's what you take pictures of your food for, yeah. and you put it up there. A really nice banana pudding. <laughs> yes. I had some to- tapioca last week and put it on the Instagrams. Yeah. We still have dial-up at the nursing home, so it's kind of slow loading oh, wow. those pictures. Oh, wow. No, so we did bring Elizabeth in because she is our resident expert here, all things social media. So, Elizabeth, just take it over. Matt and I are just going to sit here and hold hands and watch you guys. Um, okay, great. Wow, I didn't know. I'm excited. All right, well, first of all, hi. I'm the social media manager here at Chapelwood, or the digital content manager. And so I do kind of what you started out doing of social media and finding the best ways to kind of share Chapelwood's message online. Um, I started working as a at, a at a PR firm. And while it was really neat to kind of be able to share social media, like to be able to kind of just promote brands, I did feel like, there wasn't as much heart in it. Like there wasn't as, you know, promoting like a moisturizer or a, a type of diet bar just doesn't have the same power as, you know, promoting or working with a church for social media. So I worked at this uh, PR firm and then uh, switched over to Chapelwood and I've just loved getting to see the heart of like creating a digital community. And yeah. so I'd love to kind of hear you have on the Jesus, on the, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I got excited and then I lost my question. So on your uh, social media account, you have 1.4 million followers. And I just want to know, like, how did you create a digital community and how are you kind of connecting with people digitally? Because I don't know if 1.4 million people show up to church every Sunday or, you know, like how, how do you create a community that's online that's a lot of masks. that can build so many people up? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Jesus Culture started uh, 20 years ago, and they were a youth group out of Bethel Church in Reading. And Kim Walker Smith, um, she she covered the song "How He Loves," and it went viral on YouTube. And that's kind of that's kind of how people heard of us and um, and and you know hopped on the the wagon is through music. And that's still how people find us. You know, on the regular is 
is through the music that we we write and release. Um, you know, we have a local church here in in Folsom, California, which is a Sacramento uh, region, and we definitely don't have 1.4 million show up for church every Sunday. Um, but you know, I I think globally we have 1.1.4 million followers, um, and and we just try to. I don't know, preach the gospel, equip the saints. That that's really it. I don't I don't have like a secret formula for for really building the global community other than um doing those things. Totally. I, I think that there's I think it's it's different for every social media account, but I think that it's really neat that like you said, social media can be a community place. And while it is for promoting a brand, I think that there is sort of a kind of a change with 2020 uh, and 2021 of now that we can't connect in person or, you know, we're just barely starting to get back into connecting in person, social media has been so important. And so like, have you seen changes in the way social media is kind of creating that space over the last two years? Oh man. Yeah. I have just disclaimer, I have really mixed thoughts on social media, you know, like I've lived in the space for a long time and I, I, I have more questions than I do answers, you know, like, um, I wonder if, if what we're doing on social media is, is bearing fruit, you know, sometimes. And I think every church and every, every organization has to step back and, and, and weigh it, you know, like what, what are we doing to point people to Jesus and, um, are we walking in love? Are we preaching the gospel? Um, and, and, or are we pointing them to like celebrity Christianity? You know, like, I, I think these are all really good questions that I, I even, you know, step back and I'm like, what are we doing sometimes? And, and I just, I want to make sure that what we're doing on social media, um, is not pointing to like a church system or, or some celebrity song or anything like that, but that it is connecting them to, Jesus and and pointing them to Jesus. And I think over the last few years, social media has changed drastically. I mean, there's so much political divide and, and even within the Christian circles, a lot of pastors are calling out other pastors. And I think it's a, it's a really hard space to be in right now um, for churches that are supposed to live counterculturally to the world. All right. So I, I, so I have a question. I can't remember where I read it recently, but I've been reading um, about community because I think coming out of the pandemic, one of the big things is going to be how we, uh, people are going to be longing for community. I think they already are, but I think they realize, so people realize how much they've missed it. And I think people who Mm -hmm. really didn't think they needed it or really didn't think they needed to be at church or community are going to hunger for that. But we define, you know, sort of a technical term, what we know is community is like people in the same room gathering together. Well, we haven't been able to do that for the past year almost. And so yeah. then how do you create this online community? What does that mean? And one of the definitions they talked about community is not just an event, not just a worship service, not just a concert, not just fill in the blank, but there has to be some sort of meaningful work or meaningful activity that you're engaged in together. And I guess the question I'm dumping to both of you social media gurus is, you know, how do we invite people that are out there? I've noticed too, and Elizabeth could talk more about that, that our community is defined way more beyond Houston now than it ever has been. We have more people from all over the place that 
watch and intersect and comment and weigh in. And some people are like, this is the church they watch every week, or this is the stuff they intersect with every week. And so I guess I don't, I'm rethinking what it means to be community. I'm wondering what you think about that as a digital connection when we're not literally in the same town together. Yeah. You want to go first, Elizabeth? Sure. Yeah, I'm good. I can do it. Um, yeah, no, John, I completely agree. It's changed completely. And uh, for me, I am spending a lot more time at home. I'm really still staying socially distanced. And so social media has been my way of connecting to people. Um, and by posting more and engaging on, for example, my own social media, I've made connections across the country with people that I've never met before, but they're my, you know, like you said, Instagram friends. Um, and it's been really interesting because it creates a bigger bubble than you think it could. It's really easy to stay like within your own little community on social media. But if you give it a chance and start to make new connections on social media, it's mind blowing who you can connect and make friends with. And I definitely think you can see that with Chapel with social media. Um, last year we hit a million timelines. So a million people saw our social media, like saw posts on Facebook from us and not all of those people go to Chapelwood and a lot of those people still consider Chapelwood to be their family or their community. And it's a really unique way of looking at it because social media, especially Facebook um, and Instagram, they push content out. And so when you post something, you're not only sharing it to your community. So it's not only going to Chapelwood members, it's also going to anyone connected to Chapelwood. So maybe a friend of a friend or someone who likes uh, Christianity or Christian, you know, messages on social media, they'll get that message too. So we're able to kind of use social media as this mission field and bring people together. But the big challenge is, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, Justin, are how do you build that community uh, in your own Facebook page, on your Instagram? How do you get people talking and finding those Instagram friends and getting connected? Yeah, you know, I think Elevation Church does a great job of this. And, and I think there's, um, I think social media is awesome and, and it's amazing and you can have community on social media, but I think you have to turn, you have to turn those online connections into real life transactions, right? You, you have to, somehow figure out how yeah. to connect in real life because i mean there's no way that online church could ever take the place of in-person church right and there's there's no way that online friendships could ever take the place of in-person friendships and so we live in an interesting time where where it's how do we create like family is revival right family is revival and so how do we invite people in the digital space into family in, in a real way to, to connect um, and to do life with. And I, I think we're heading towards like a hybrid, a hybrid thing where it's like house churches and micro apps like Clubhouse. Um, so, pe you know, we've done these massive moves of connection really well. Conferences, Facebook, you know, like Instagram, they're all like what I call large connection movements. And I think we're moving to a space where people are really looking for small, meaningful, intimate connections. And so you're going to start seeing a lot of micro apps like, so, uh, like Clubhouse, and you're going to see a lot of like smaller church gatherings, like in the home. Um, and even, even at church, we're limited to how many people we can bring in, right? So um, 
I don't know. Those those are my thoughts on it. I could be totally wrong, but um, you're that's, not. That's what I. That's what I've always been interested in too, because it may. And this is probably totally my age that is showing here now. <clears throat> But it's always been interesting to me to talk about online friendships because I, I think that I don't know. I really feel like that that because of the incarnation uh, of Jesus, in a sense, that's so central to to our our belief that there's no substitute for flesh, and that um, that in a sense that those connections have to lead back to of. Uh, like you had said, a, a, a really a, a flesh connection, you know, and I'm not saying that the other ones can't or can't exist in a place that is um, important, but at some point there seems to be em, uh, embodiment seems to be really core to what, uh, who we are as humans and um, what we are as people. And I, I've come to a place in even just zooming that there's a, there's a diminishing return on the connection. Yeah. I feel like in some ways, and again, it may be my age, but I felt like in some ways I reached the, you know, the brick wall of like, I, okay, I, I, I don't need, all feel it. yeah. <laughs> and, and looking how many times somebody likes something I post is like a, there's a, it's a, it's, it's like the snake eating its own tail after a while. There's no nutrient in it. You're just, you know, there's just, so I'm interested to know, like in terms of what you're, what y'all are saying is that it's, it's, um, it's a tool. It's not an end. Right. And there's a limit yeah. to which that tool can be used for and the usefulness. Cause we can say, Oh, we have a million fault. What does that really mean? Like, what does that, what does that mean? If you have a million people that are on your Instagram, like, does that, do you get like a bunch of money back from some undisclosed account or is it just like a million people have clicked and they follow you? Like, what does that mean? So again, exactly. I'm 50 years old, and this is brought to you by Olvatine. <laughs> <laughs> does, does that make sense? Like, there's a sense in which I'm like, what does all the clicks mean at the end of the day if we're in the business of connecting actual people? Yeah, I, you know, God's after the heart. He always has been. He always will be. And he's not after our numbers on social media. You know, he's not after our work history or, or resume or careers. He's after the heart transformation, yeah. right? And so um, I think that's a great question, you know, that every church has to has to weigh, every movement has to weigh, like, what does this number mean to us? Yeah, I think kind of throwing that in, it's really interesting because I'm 24 and most like this is like I'm living in an apartment with my roommate and I love her dearly. But this would be the time without a pandemic that I would be out networking and meeting new people mm -hmm. and making those connections. And right now, that's the only way that I can get to know people and mm -hmm. make friends um, okay. and you know, that's the same with dating or all of that kind of things. There's the only way to get to know people is online. And so it's been really interesting for me because I've grown up with social media. I got it my first Facebook in eighth grade and I was so excited about it. Wow. And for me, it's like social media is a mission field. It's a place where you can have conversations and be authentic, but you as an individual have to challenge yourself to show up authentically. Um, mm -hmm. If you show up and show up as your best self and say like, I just did this amazing thing or I accomplished these things and only share the good, then you're not gonna get those returns. Um, where I'm seeing a lot of growth, both on Chapelwood social media and my personal one is by sharing what I'm going through. There are days that are hard, there are days that are complicated or I'm struggling with something or even days where I'm excited about things. And through that and creating a space to be vulnerable, you can actually make a lot of connection with people that you've never met. Mm 
mm-hmm. or people that you you know haven't gotten to see in a year you know so it's it's an interesting perspective because for me social media is one of my favorite tools to connect to people i end up probably dming people on instagram more than i text people at this point mm-hmm. yeah that's i think that's a super valid point and i think there's many good things that come from social media you know i'm not i'm not against social media i think I think my question is just where does it fit in for the church, you know? And obviously during this time, everyone's been forced to use it because yeah. of the pandemic. And, um, you know, I I love to see social media that inspires and provokes thought, encourages people. You know, those are, those are the accounts that I follow. And yeah. I, I love to see accounts that make you even put down your phone, like pause and, and disconnect from it too. You know, like uh, accounts that invite you into accounts or people that invite you into like that countercultural yeah. realm of things. And so um, it is valuable to create these micro spaces or macro spaces, depending on your following to where you can invite people in and connect and ultimately show them the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So there's also the, uh, the dark side of the force. <clears throat> there's this, documentary the social dilemma yeah have you all seen it yeah Yeah. so good i've only watched snippets of it because it scares me but i've seen my daughters who are 23 and 20 um at different phases of their development get sucked into this thing like you know take a picture and if i don't get so many likes within a certain period of time they take it down because that must have been not been a good picture or says something about my worth Mm -hmm. and then you Think about, I go, you know, on Amazon and I search for, I don't know, uh, you know, a dry, dry vac for the garage. And then I go to Facebook and it's like, here are some dry vacs from the garage you might be interested in. And I'm like, that thing is the devil. <laughs> and then, of course, on the other it side, so, so there's the, there's all the stuff going on there about how this thing is like like controlling our lives. There's even studies about these kids where like this dopamine is released. You know, I've even found now at 50 years old, now I gotta pick this thing up while I'm watching TV at night. I gotta check it, I gotta check it, I gotta check it, I gotta check it, I gotta check it. It's like an addiction. There's like some chemical release that's gone on in your brain for this thing. So I think in terms of that stuff that people are concerned about, I mean, there's the good things that it can do, but then there's also uh, you know, the false self, you're putting yourself out there. Like you said, I think it was a good point. Is that you, you have to be authentic, but that's not something people want to do um, out there. And then the other thing I would say just on what we've seen this past year, whether it be racial issues or political issues or pandemic issues, I've made this comment before. I, I think the devil just dwells in the comment sections of social media and Twitter seems to me to be one of the worst, although Facebook comments, but just Twitter is just like a bunch of those old two guys, Statler and Waldorf at the Muppet Show. Remember the two old dudes that sat up in the balcony and just like sent zingers down at everybody. Everything was horrible. You know, everything was bad. That was the worst act ever. Oh, oh, oh. that's what Twitter is. It's just, it's just... I don't know. All right. So that's my rambling thing about that. But there, there's some negative aspects and how, I guess, how do we counter that? Or how are we aware of that when we share with people? Man, all these questions are so good. And I, and I think, you know, again, churches just have to 
to really be aware of all these things as they enter into this space. Um, we're called to be light in the world, right? We're called to be light in the darkness and, and salt. And I, I think we have to show up to the, to the arena of social media and, and bring um, the love of Jesus in, in all that we do and all that we post and also be aware that the enemy is prowling and he's crouching at the door and he's ready to um, divide us in the comment section you know? And so I, I think it's important to be aware of all those things as we enter the space of social media. Hey, shifting back a little bit to uh, Jesus culture and your day to day there, do you find that y'all are uh, going about the process of creating content? Is that something that's coming from leadership and from the stage? Or is that something that you as a creative director are then uh, creating yourself? Yeah. So it, it's gone through a couple of different cycles now but we um we kind of let the local church drive so we we want to be authentic right elizabeth and so anything we're posting nowadays is is being uh inspired by what's happening in our local community and the transformations that are happening there and and, and all of that yeah kind of bouncing off of that i feel like we do a lot of celebrations. And so it's an interesting balance um, between inspirational and promotional. So we do wanna bring people in through, you know, different events or come to the sanctuary service or here's where to watch this or here's how to get involved in this. But also for our community that is new or hasn't interacted before, a lot of it is just reminding people through social media that they are loved and that they're valued. And mm -hmm. with every comment, um, you have the opportunity to respond in a way that shows people they're loved. So we do posts pretty frequently. If you follow the Chapelwood page, um, how can we pray for you? And you'd be surprised at how many people will just comment like, my daughter is having a surgery or I'm struggling with this or even private message the Chapelwood page, not knowing who's on the other side wow. and saying, hey, I wanna pray for this. And so it's, it's definitely showing up authentically and providing, I like to say a safe space through that. So I, I love what you're saying about that. What yeah. was the one Elizabeth, it was a year or two ago that you, that was loved, you were loved. Mm -hmm. That was a, that was a real big one that people resonated with. Yeah, we, uh, what it was, was it was, I think it was my first year on uh, staff and Jeff and I worked on a, uh, basically a video that was, you are loved. And we interviewed all these different people on what love meant. Uh, we interviewed an artist who used, you know, her creative uh, work to shine light and bring happiness and joy and love. Uh, we talked to a, at the time she was a senior in high school and what did love mean to her? Uh, we talked to uh, kind of a young professional in Houston and we kind of just asked them what is love? And I think I don't remember the exact numbers, but I know we hit over 60,000 timelines and had six, like all these people interacting and commenting that had never interacted with us before. And the goal wasn't to bring anyone, like it wasn't specifically like come to our Chapelwood service. It was, we want to let everyone know that they are loved. If they want to be connected to Chapelwood, you can follow through and engage with us. But at the end of the day, if you saw the video and then you just went on the rest of your day, you at least had one message from someone who was saying, Hey, I love you, which is really cool. Mm. Yeah. And that's, that's the spark. That's the spark. It was like you were talking about. It's like, 
there's so much negative stuff yeah. on social media and negative comments. And so when you come across something that you feel speaking to you, a positive message that, that got, I just remember that getting, I don't know all the numbers. I just remember there was so much positive feedback mm. about that. We even had tattoos, I think. Yeah, there were temporary tattoos wow. that you could come pick up from the church. And it just said, it was like hashtag 100% loved. And we had a whole bunch of 100% love, that's right. 100% loved, yeah, that's it. It was so good. It was really fun. That's amazing. Hey, I want to be cognizant of your time, Justin, but uh, while we have you here, maybe the last question that I would ask is, um, what are, what's something that people may not know about the behind the scenes of Jesus culture when it comes to the creative side there, when it, when it comes to content creation and the way that y'all strategize those things? Yeah, I mean, we have a small team. Uh, a lot of people may not realize our, our entire creative team is maybe 10 people. Um, wow. And we serve, we serve the local church and the global movement. Uh, the same team. So all the accounts that you see, um, and I mean, we contract out some things, but uh, it's a small, it's a small team that is um, really tethered to the local church and, and what's going on in the heart of Jesus culture, Sacramento. Mm. Sick. That's how many, awesome. How many accounts do y'all have? Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a loaded question, right? Cause like, um, we have a lot of church accounts, a lot of different ministries here, um, but really just just um, church accounts and then one global account, which is the which is the bigger one. Yeah. Do you all central centrally manage like when you have a youth ministry, children's or this or that or this or that or women's men's? Are they all managed through a central area, or does each person have control of their own thing? It's it's both. We have a pretty uh, a pretty horizontal staff. Um, so we, we uh, structurally, I mean, they would just come to us with their ideas and, and we would help them execute, you know, and just partner with them as a, as a creative team uh, to help them uh, help their vision be realized. But you don't just have them out sending something out there that doesn't align with the look or the field or the lingo. I mean, there's some sort of management of that, right? Totally. Yeah, totally. Okay. I mean, we have, we have a comms director and then, you know, a creative director um, we actually have two creative directors, so we um, there's a there's a management of that uh, you know filter that it goes through, so to speak. All right, so here's what I'll end. What do you see yeah. for you in the future, or just as what you do? The, what does the church look like for you in the next year coming out of the pandemic? What do you see? Just you don't have to be right. I'm not going to call you back later and go, "Hey, you were dead wrong." <laughs> But I mean, what, what do you, maybe, maybe what do you even hope to see coming out of this pandemic? What, what are your dreams, your aspirations for the church, especially in the U.S.? Yeah, I, I think um, we have to redefine success as a church. Um, I think there's an opportunity to, to get back to the basics, just the heart of worship. I think this, this whole pandemic is really, uh, been an opportunity to do that, to reevaluate, maybe, maybe even repent of things in the church that, that have been wrong or, um, that we've not gotten right. You know, um, I think, I think again, it's going to be smaller gatherings, house churches, um, you know, these micro spaces on clubhouse and, and apps like that. 
Um, I think family is going to be really important. I think the way that we've done massive events and conferences, um, you know, may not work anymore. And, and again, success is just going to have to be redefined. And I think most importantly, um, celebrity Christianity pastors and worship leaders has to die. I think it, we have to let it go. And, uh, these are all hard things that I am personally praying into and, and, and walking out, um, being in this, this sphere of culture. Um, I, I think from a creative standpoint, we have the opportunity to create simply as an offering to the Lord and not any other, uh, motive. That's going to be a harder, that's going to be a harder, yeah. uh, conversion for mega churches or mega church movements because they Absolutely. tend to be very personality driven yeah. or like you said, the culture of the place has a sort of personality cultish niche to it. And I don't mean that in the, like a satanic cult way. I mean, just the way that we organize around, not just the person, but the certain way that we do the worship, the worship leader, the song leader, these things that have to be a part of it. I think that's going to be something that we have to die to. That's going to be hard to do, yeah. I think. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think so too. And I think that's where we're at. I think that's the crossword, crossroads we're, we're standing at currently. Well, man, thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks yeah, for, having, thanks thanks for having me. So good to talk to you. You too, Elizabeth. Yeah, and be safe out in California. It's, you know, it's wild west out there. It is. It's crazy out here, right? And <laughs> please forgive my storage closet. Yes, as long as you stay in your closet, you hide from everything. That could be your workspace, your prayer closet, who knows, whatever else. Yeah. Well, thanks again, guys. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, thank you for here. being thank with you, us, Justin. Justin. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks, Elizabeth. I'm John Stevens. And I'm Matt Russell. And this is Pod Have Mercy.